0: Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Ready to have church and give God some love? Grab your Bibles. Turn around
1: to somebody and tell them you can't be broken because Jesus wasn't broken. Now give God a wave offering if you're just excited to be here today. Give Him a... What that means is, is that you just wave your hands in the air as a sign of surrender. and It's kind of your way of saying in the love language of, God, here I am, take all that I have, and I'm going to give you praise beforehand. I've surrendered to you, God, and we love you today. Now, Lord, bless this service. The rest of the service, God, anoint Pastor Bobby, anoint my heart to listen anoint us, God, to receive your word and we will give you all the praise in Jesus. name. Somebody say amen. 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 Grab your Bibles. Go to the book of John. If you don't have your Bibles, we'll throw it up here for you. I don't want to be too long because I want you to get home and have a great time and I don't want you walking out early because you're afraid you're going to burn your brisket. John chapter 19 verse 32 and 42. This this um, the scripture setting is actually very unique in the sense of we normally go straight to the tomb and the sepulcher to talk about the resurrection. But we're going to go and start at Calvary. And we're going to start there for a moment and then we're going to bring us into the tomb and we're going to expand on the thought of Jesus going through life, experiencing what he experienced for you and I. And by the end of this message, our prayer is that you would experience hope in your life and strength and encouragement to know that there's nothing in this world that you can't face that God can't take care of. Isn't he faithful? And don't you love him this Sunday morning? I do. I do. And so there he was crucified, and he was there on the cross. And, And so the Bible says in verse 32, after Jesus had given up the ghost and his spirit was with the Father. And it said, so the soldiers came and broke the legs of the two men crucified with Jesus. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead. So they didn't break his legs. One of the soldiers, however, he pierced his side with the spear and immediately blood and water flowed out. And this report is from an eyewitness giving an accurate account. He speaks the truth so that you also can believe and and these things happen in fulfillment of the scripture that says, not one of his bones will be broken. Not one of his bones will be broken. And they will look on that one they pierced afterwards. And afterwards, Joseph of Arimathea, Arimathea who had been in a, secret, a secret disciple of Jesus because he feared the Jewish leaders, asked Pilate for permission to take down Jesus' body. And when Pilate gave permission, Joseph came and took the body away, which him, with him he came with Nicodemus and the man who had come to Jesus at night. He brought about 75 pounds of perfume ointment made from myrrh and aloes. And following Jewish burial customs, they wrapped Jesus' body with the spices and the long sheets of linen cloth and the place of the crucifixion was near the garden where there was a, a new tomb, never used, never used before. And so because it was the day of preparation of the Jewish Passover, it was the tomb was so close at hand. And that's when they laid the body of Jesus there. And that's where they laid the body of Jesus there. This, interest, this story interests me in the recorded recording that John wrote because he was so emphatic about writing. I say emphatic because I do believe with with God there are no accidents when it came to the inscription of the Bible. And through God's inspiration, John writes and records the fact that not one not one bone in his body was broken. Not one bone in his body was broken, but yet. They laid him in the tomb, but everything that had been broken was made and put back together again after the resurrection. We're going to talk about unbroken, how there is nothing in this world that can break what God has put inside of you, nothing. And with that being said, somebody say, I'm saved by grace, and I love this place. Turn to your neighbor, give him a high five, and tell him, I am ready for the word right now. Come on. Give him a high five. And after you've done that, you can be seated. Turn around and say hi to somebody. Say, I'm so glad you came to church today. So glad you came to church. So glad. Now, now God became like us, or we can also say that God made us in his image. We became like God. Not God, but in his image. So God made us in body, soul, and spirit. We understand the process through Genesis. He took us from the ground. He took us from the dust of the earth. He, he breathed on us and became. we became a living soul. Before we had a soul, but the soul was dead. Did you catch that? we became a living we became a living soul meaning that God formed the body then he established the soul but then he breathed in it the breath of life and then it became a living soul so we are made up of body soul and spirit and so the lord knew in order for us in order for us to experience all that he had for us he had to come into our place and fulfill a place in our life and be there for us um, it's just God's motor his. That's how he does it. Christ came into this world. He came in because that was the logos of God, the plan of God, according to John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word or the logos or the plan of God. The word was God. And so the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth that walked on this world, walked among us. And, and the scripture says he experienced um, temptation like we did. We know this because he was in the garden. I um, mean, he, he was in the garden. He faced the pressure. He prayed, God, not my will, but Father, not mine, but yours be, yours be done. And then he was in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, tempted of the devil. But yet, the scripture says, without sin, no sin he overcame god granted him granted him grace for that moment and and so looking at the life of jesus you look at everything that he had that happened prior to his surrender to the sanhedrin and to pilate the crucifixion was was one that that had excruciating pain the passion of the christ a movie that that I like personally, one of my favorite movies, is one of the major and the most uh, uh, money-making box office hits to this day. And the cool part is I heard he's coming out with The Passion of the Christ number two. So I'm excited about that. How many Passion of the Christ people do we have in this building? <laughs> Love that. So I can't wait for Mel Gibson to come out with, with the second one of that, the second part. But it, the movie moved us because it was so detailed and, it, and you were there. And, and a few times in that, in that movie, I saw the documentary of the back behind the scenes. And the actual actor who played Jesus, he said that it was so cold and the makeup that he had on and all that they tried to prop on him and disguise so they wouldn't actually hit him with those cat claws and those whips. When he had laid down and the, you showed him, they showed him with the camera, actually behind him was a board, a post that they had put down for the for the guards, for the soldiers to come and swing at the board. So in camera, it looked like it was coming and hitting his back, but you couldn't see the, the post. But he said once, one of them just welled back and hit it so hard that it went past the post and and grabbed his rib. He said at that moment, he, he gasped for air, couldn't breathe, couldn't talk, took the wind out of him. It was so painful. He said he got so mad, and he said he was, he was acting, but he was acting like Jesus, but he was nothing like Jesus after that happened. <laughs> but he talked about the pain, how bad it really was, and that was just one. Jesus went through 40 and more, and and so, is it is it by coincidence that that even the medical field they say that there are over close to forty categories of different diseases and sicknesses that fall into that same criteria and the same number equivalent to the stripes on his back? No, no accident about that. Jesus went through that for our diseases and for our sicknesses, and and he's a healer. Isaiah wrote about this and said that uh, and. Isaiah 53, and he said uh, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was wounded for our transgressions. Can you repeat this after me? Can you say Jesus was wounded for my sins? Can you say this after me? Jesus was bruised for my iniquity. Can you say this again one more time? That, that Jesus was chastised for my peace. And then it says, by his stripes we are healed. These are benefits that came because Jesus went through it first so you don't have to go through it. But it only happens by faith. It only happens when we believe. It only happens when we are solely dependent and trust that he can. I've had moments in my life where I didn't get completely healed of something, but I, I had God heal me in other areas because my faith was stronger there and everyone has those moments when they really depend on God, and you trust God. But have you ever been let down by God? I I know I haven't. God has never let me down because I understand, and, and you understand that when we do call on His name, He is always there for us. He said He'd never leave us or forsake us. He gave promises to us because of what Jesus went through. God, the Father, cannot look at your circumstance as a believer and not remember Jesus Christ and say, I can't help you. But he looks at you when he sees you. He sees his only begotten son in you. Amen. That's the power of the cross. Because you said yes to Jesus, God says yes to you. That's just how it works out. In our, in our limit life and our limited life and and all that we try to do, he knew we would fail. He knew we would fall short, but he also knew how powerful it would be if he was able to give us something more than what we had. Jesus went through every test, every trial, and every moment, and on the cross, when he was there, he cried out the last thing that we heard from his voice was, it is finished, But prior to that, he said, Eli, Eli, Sabbatani, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? In that moment, humanity was crying out because God's spirit was lifting off of him. God did not die on the cross, God's son died on the cross. The spirit kept living the humanity that god put his spirit in was experiencing everything but the only thing it could not experience was death because you cannot kill god <laughs> period or or god can't be broken our god can't fail our God can't be defeated. Our God can never be overcome. This flesh can, but my God can't. And, and when you look at the scripture a little bit more and you, you find out the the wisdom of God and how fearfully and wonderfully we're made. Um, it's astounding. Just think of every organ, how it ties in together, the chemistry of it, the heart, how it beats the lungs, how it all correlates together. We are wonderfully and fearfully made, but out of all of this that you have, the one thing that keeps you standing up is your structure, is your bones. You need it. It's necessary. And when you look in the Scripture many times, it refers to the bones and how we can, our our marrow of our bones can be separated by God's Word, and His Word is sharp as a two-edged sword dividing us under the joint and the marrow. God knows every single intricate detail of how he made us. But without your structure, there are some things that are symbolic, I believe. That's why I chose this scripture for an Easter Sunday to build on this one thought that I believe God is perfect in all that he does. And I really do believe that the reason why the bones of Jesus weren't broken Is it because those bones represented the very structure of the body of Christ, which is the spirit of Christ? When you look at the body of Christ now, when you look at us now, we are the body of Christ. How many of you believe that? We are the body of Christ. And the body of Christ goes through struggles. The body of Christ can be persecuted. Listen to what Paul said. Paul said this. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 10. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed, right? We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God, the Spirit. We get knocked down, but we're not destroyed. Somebody say amen. amen. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death so that the life of Jesus may be seen in our bodies. That's the spirit. So it's saying that we're going to go through problems. We're going to see some things, but there are certain things that can't be broken in our life, and that's our spirit because God can't be defeated. Point number one, I want to share this with you. God can never be broken. God can never be broken. You can never break God. That's our confidence. God can never be defeated. And, and Jesus came through because of what was inside of him. The Father, the kingdom of God, the Spirit of the Lord was inside of him, and and there wasn't one spirit in this world that could defy him, or, or there wasn't one problem he couldn't face. But at the moment of his time, he chose to surrender because that was the will of God. For him to be a lamb sent into the slaughter, yet he did not open up his mouth, but he went willingly, and for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Somebody say, "Thank Thank thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But there was a process. There was a process. From the cross to the resurrection, the spirit of Christ was triumphant and never touched. Although his body was broken, His spirit was never tainted, and this needed to be, because whatever hasn't been tested can't be trusted, and trust me, what God has given you upon your salvation, what God did for you when you said, help me Jesus, is can endure anything that you ever face in your life, because it's been tested, but here's the process, let's look at the process, Just a little bit closer and understand what actually was occurring. So when you look at the life of Jesus, you understand that there was a spirit, okay? The spirit began to interact, and the spirit began to move. We understand this. The spirit went through the cross. The spirit had to go through the cross because... What else had to go through it? The body, right? If the body had to go through it, it had to because the spirit did. They both went through it. They both went through the crucifixion. But here is the difference. When the body was going through the crucifixion, the body went through stopped right here. But while the body was going through it, here's what happened in the spirit. The spirit took on another path and went down to go take care of some business. That's where the spirit went. The spirit went to go take care of some business in hell. And that's what happened. Now, the Spirit of Christ had to go to hell. And we're not talking about going to hell just to have a little walk. Jesus went and experienced everything necessary for you so you wouldn't have to experience it. Jesus went and experienced. The Spirit of God took a a virtual tour and more And he felt everything and felt the pain at every area because that same pattern had to be carried on down here as it was in here. Why? For you and I. Everything God experienced here, we had to, he He was trying to keep us from experiencing there. So he went through hell, and what did he do? By going through hell, hell and coming back out of hell, he essentially defied the law, defied judgment, defied everything that said that we are to be condemned because he carried the sin of the world on us. But he went to that place and he said, get out of the way. I'm here. I'm passing through because I'm fixing to go back. Watch this now. Because I am fixing to go back. So Jesus took here and took a yui and he went back up right here. And then that's where he resurrected the body. That's where he resurrected the body. In other words, he came back and he said, Hold on a second, I left something here, but I'll be back for it in three days. I'll be back for it in three days, but I'm going to go someplace, uh, you know, and then and, and don't worry about it. I'm going to prepare a place for you. That's what he told the disciples. You see, we only think about heaven. In John chapter 14, where he said, uh, If you believe in God, believe also in me. Don't let your heart be troubled for I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again to receive you for myself, that where I am there you can be also. But in that preparation stage, before God went to heaven, he had to first go to hell to prepare your salvation. He had to. He had to experience everything so you wouldn't have to. Somebody give him some praise, (laughs) love, and tell him, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And so he was resurrected, and he came back into that place and resurrection. In all of this, in all of this, this is why in our weaknesses, God gives us victory. Amen. This is why in our, in our trouble, God gives us triumph. Because the weaker we get... Well, let me read you the scripture. Are you ready? 2 Corinthians 12 and 10 says, That's why I take pleasure, Paul said, in my weaknesses, and in the insults, and in the hardships, and in the persecutions, and in the trouble that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, I am strong. Why? Why? Because God ultimately wants us to come to a place where we are fully dead to ourselves and risen with him. Do you know why that's, your, that's why you are water baptized? I'm going to give this, let me just give you a plug-in right now. If you have not been water baptized, download the app, go to the website, sign up for water baptisms we'll contact you, we'll throw you down in a watery grave in the name of Jesus. You see, because it's part of the process. You see, the cross was the part of death called repentance. We repent to God. We ask God for forgiveness. But then after you repent, you're supposed to bury the body of repentance, so we go to a sepulcher, which is baptism. You're buried with Christ. And then symbolically, You receive the Spirit of Christ to work into your life. It happened at salvation. It happened at water baptism. But then there's resurrection power of a promise that God said he would give to you. We call this the born-again experience. But what I'm saying to you is that it's okay to be weak. It's okay to have problems. It's okay to say, I need help. Because the weaker you are, the stronger he is. Jesus became the king. Wow, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, Let's talk about this. You want to see this? Okay, now now, let's talk about this. Um, Point number two, I'm excited right now. Point number two, uh, everyone has a tomb. Everyone has a tomb. Your tomb may not look like somebody else's tomb, but you got a tomb. Now we get scared of being in a tomb because to us tomb is death. But to me when you read the Bible I it's about it. Tomb means transformation. Tomb means transformation. Because Jesus went in as a prince, but he came out as a what? You understand what I'm trying to tell you? Without the tomb, there could have never been a transformation because self, body, had to be completely eliminated from getting the credit from anything. And it had to be the spirit that had to resurrect that body and limitations. Limitless had to take on limitations. And we have to start realizing that that's why in our weakest moments in our life, that's why God does the most. And even when you're not weak, but you surrender and you choose to be weak and depend on his strength, that's when God can get all the credit. But you see, what a tomb is, here's what a tomb is. For a believer, the tomb is a place called transformation. Transformation. It's where you go in dead, but you come out alive. It's when you go in sick, but you come out healed. It's when you go in broke, but you come out blessed. It's a place where you find yourself looking and you come to no conclusion or no other option but to die. Because you're not living, but that's okay. If Christ is inside of you, you're going to live again. But you want something to resurrect? It first has to die. Resurrection power is only for things that are dead. And if if the tomb that was in Jesus' life couldn't hold him back, then guess what? If you've got Jesus in your life and you feel like you're in a tomb... Guess what? You have someone who's been there and done that and has the T-shirt. That's powerful. That's powerful. Been there, done that, got the T-shirt inside of you. Power, authority, hope, life. Why? Because he lives. I can face tomorrow because he lives all sin is gone. And I know he holds my future in his hands. I must, you know, Jesus, Jesus is the answer. But all the process he went through was for you and I. You see, this is the transformation. This is the transformation. Uh, he, he went in bound, right? But he came out what? Oh, Lord, did I spell it right? I did not. I got a brain fart. Sorry. Here it is. Free. There you go. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're a liar, devil. Devil, you're a liar. <laughs> Transformation. What's your tomb? That's what you have to find out. Come on. Don't be afraid to look at the devil and tell him, I'll be your huckleberry. (laughs) Don't be afraid to look at him. Don't be afraid to look at your circumstance, even that you're dealing with right now. I'm, I'm I'm trying to give you hope. I'm trying to give you a revelation. That's our strong point at Covenant Life Center, to help you grow for disciples. We are called to make disciples not have a country club. We are called to fellowship one with another, but we're more above all things. We're called to fellowship with Christ. Yeah. But what we miss most of the time is—is is what Paul said. Paul said, "I want to be to know Him. I want to be part of the fellowship of His suffering and the power of His resurrection." Oh my gosh! Should I? Shouldn't I? Is it too much? I don't care. Here, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you something. I'm going to. I'm going to tell you something. Um, Paul said that in order, and he said it right. In order to have the power of his resurrection, you have to first experience the, the, the fellowship of his suffering. Yes. Right. That's right. Amen. Amen. And, and, and that isn't to try to put a stigma and a dogma on Christianity to say that it's all about suffering. It's not. It's about living, in Christi- it's about living a victorious life. It's about living a blessed life. It's about walking in favor. But, but, but when you understand something... But Paul said, I go through all these things, but, but when I am weak, I'm strong. So it really is about this. When it comes to suffering, we have to learn how to love God in that moment. Then we are, fellowship with, with, then we are fellowshipping with him in his suffering. When we go through suffering, when we're being tried, when we're being tried and we're, we're being tempted, And instead of us trying to use our own ability and trying to outwit it and trying to manipulate our way out and getting frustrated with it and being upset with it and blaming God with it, this is where we need to learn how to praise God for it because that's the fellowship of his suffering. What is your tomb? But once you can get into the fellowship of his suffering through praise and worship, it makes sense because your tomb is a prison. So, so Paul and Silas were thrown into their prison, and what did they do? They were involved with the fellowship with God and his suffering like Christ went through. So they began to sing songs. Then what happened? The earth began to quake. When did the earthquake again at the crucifixion of Jesus, didn't it? Things began to happen for them that happened for Jesus. Jesus didn't blame God. He said, Father, forgive them for what they do. They don't know what they're doing, God. They don't know what they're doing, Lord. Forgive them. Lord, it's finished, I've done what you've asked me to do and gave up the ghost and the earth quaked and it moved God and he shook the earth to give a declaration of his will being performed in the earth. And when those disciples were inside that prison house and they began to worship God and they began to go do contrary to what any other body else would have done, they were innocent, they were good people, they were thrown into prison by false accusation, uh, by, by heresy, they were called derelicts. They were just thrown in there but they chose to lift up their hands and lift up their voices and all of a sudden an angel came in and and you see they, they could have they whipped them, they hit them, they spit on them, they lied on them, but they couldn't break them. They couldn't break them because you can't break God. And you'll go through
0: your process and God will resurrect you, but he won't allow he won't allow your bones to be broken because he's greater inside of you. He's greater inside of you. Come on, somebody. Greater is he that's inside of you than him that's in the world. You're going to go through it, but you're going to come out of it also. You're going to come out of it as well. You may go in sick,
1: but you will come out healed. Come on, somebody. You may go in sick, but you'll come out healed. You'll come out victorious. Because who you have on the inside can't be broken. <laughs> oh. oh, thank you, Father. Here, here's, here's what I want to give you. Here's what I want to give you. I conclude with this, and, I, and I'm coming to a close, so come on. Somebody yell out, say out loud, transformation. Amen. Say, transform me, transform me, Lord. Jesus not only died for me, he died as me, so I can live as him. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. It's all about him. It's all about living, him living in me. It's not about the blessings and the favor and and all those things or attributes. It is about him living in me. You never have to experience death in your life. You can experience life and that more abundantly because He not only died for you, He died as you. He died as you. Oh my. (laughs) Tomb. T O M B. Transformation of my brother Amen. Jesus Christ, the, the firstborn among many brethren, yes. the firstborn among many Amen. brethren. Hallelujah. See, he is your God, Amen. he is your savior, but he's also your big brother. Amen. And what he went through, you can go through too, Amen. because he went through it for you, Amen. and all your And all your tomb means is transformation. So get ready for God to change your
0: life. Get ready for God to change your life. Come on, stand to your feet. Somebody lift up your hands
1: and somebody just thank him for every problem. Thank him for the trouble you're in right now. Oh, you're human, so I know we got problems. But it's it's Resurrection
0: Sunday. Sunday. And we've got a revelation in our in our faith right now. Now you've got a new revelation to put in your file of faith. And you can pull it out any time and remember
1: that my circumstance may seem dead. But all that means is it's
0: fixing to change. It's fixing to be transformed. God's fixing to raise it up. God's fixing to do something new. If you believe that, give him some praise in this house. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Man, if I had it in me, I'd sing it right now. Well, thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody. Just thank Him for the power. Thank Him for the revelation. Give your God some praise in this house. Oh, thank you, Father. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I may have went in dirty, but I'm coming out clean. I may have went in sick, but I'm coming out healed. I may going in, I may be going in broke, but I'm coming out with favor. I'm coming out with blessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Turn to somebody and tell them transformation's on the way. Transformation is here. Transformation is here. You can't be broken because God can't be broken. You can't be stopped because God can't be stopped. You can't fail because God can't fail. You can't be defeated because God can't be defeated. Oh, you got resurrection power inside of you. He went through it all so you can overcome all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Quiet. What do you think about Jesus? He's alright. What do you think about Jesus? Jesus? He's alright. What do you think about, about Jesus? Jesus. He's alright. He's alright. He's alright. All right. He's, He's alright. All right. Come on. He's filled me with the Holy Ghost. He's alright. He's filled me with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> he's alright. He's alright. He's alright. He's alright. Come on, one more time. What do you think? Think about Jesus. He's alright. What do you think about Jesus? He's all right. Come on, lift up your hands. What do you think about Jesus? He's alright. He's alright. He's alright. He's alright. Come on, lift up your hands. I want you to turn to somebody, and I want you to look at them right in the face. And when you, I want you to look at them right in the face and l- tell them this. Come on, turn to somebody. Turn to somebody. Look at them and tell them and repeat after me. Don't you know that what's on the inside can never be defeated by what's on the outside? Your God can't be broken. Now give us some praise. I love love covenant
1: man I love this church because we can go back and forth we can go contemporary we can go gospel and we can go back to old church anytime we want to but our methods may change but our message is still the same and Jesus Christ is Lord of all. <laughs> now, I'm not going to hold you long, and, and I'm going to re- let you go. But before we can ever do any of that, we're going to first give an opportunity to somebody that's in this building that has been through life. And maybe you haven't been to church in a while. Maybe you are a believer and you felt like you've been broken. And hell has broke you. Sometimes you don't have to be a bad person to be broken. It's not about being a bad or a good person. It's just about simply life sometimes can break us. And we can become overwhelmed. But regardless of your circumstance, maybe you have been down the road and maybe you have been feel like you have failed and sincerely feel like you're falling out of the grace of God and maybe you've never given your life to Jesus as we all bow our heads and they lower the lights lower the lights please I want you all just to bow your heads close your eyes and I want you simply to Just think about this moment and think about God. Think about His forgiveness and think about His mercy. Think about how loving He is. Think about how forgiving He is. There is nothing too big for God to do. There's nothing impossible for Him to handle. But this is your moment right now. Just simply tell Him... Father, forgive
0: me. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at infoclcvictoria.org. At you can get connected with us through our social media at CLC Victoria and download our app.